Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Statistically Speaking. I know I haven't been podcasting for a while, but I will rectify that in the next several weeks. This is episode 14, which I'm calling Would Jesus Wear a Mask? Selective Moral Outrage and Health Superstitions. This is part one on seatbelts. I want to start by apologizing to all the people during my life who've told me about the healing power of crystals. I would always scoff at them and say, there's no science backing healing power for crystals. And they would retort, yes, but there's no science saying it doesn't work. And I would laugh at them and say, well, of course not. Who would spend their career studying whether something that dumb is true or not? But I have to say that they never moralized me. They never said, well, if you don't use crystals, you're an asshole. They were like, I'm going to use crystals. You don't have to. I'll make this decision based on what I feel. You make your decision based on what you feel. And I would laugh them off. But it was very non-judgmental on their part. This seems very different to me than many of our other health superstitions, which are surviving despite contradictory evidence, but more importantly, are enforced with some kind of immense moral outrage. Let me give you an example. I actually remember a time when people didn't wear seatbelts. In fact, in the early 80s, seatbelt usage was 20% or lower. Then in the late 80s, there was a push for making mandatory seatbelt laws. Uh, The first one actually was in New York in 1984. And different states could have different laws on seatbelts. But the federal government was pushing all states to have seatbelt laws by suggesting that they would cut funding to states that did not have those laws. And as a result, by the end of the mid-90s, all states had mandatory seatbelt laws. The only exception is to this day is New Hampshire. Apparently their motto is live free and die, baby. Anyway, the early studies did show that there was an effect of these states that had um, mandatory seatbelt laws. There was a drop in front seat fatalities uh, uh, from car crashes of 8.5%. There's no effect in these early studies on sitting in the back and having your seatbelts on, but uh, front seat fatalities had dropped by 8.5% during that time. Now, at the time the, these laws were coming out, it was not the case that everybody accept them op- with open arms. In fact, there was quite a lot of debate about whether uh, the states should be mandating seatbelt laws. People were pissed off. They're like, I can wear a seatbelt or not. That's my decision. I don't think they're comfortable. When I'm sweating, the seatbelt gets all gross. I don't want to wear seatbelts. And in fact, at the time, the stats showed that you were just as likely to die with your seatbelt on or off which suggested that maybe there wasn't a benefit to seatbelts after all. Then something weird happened. Wearing a seatbelt became a moral issue, and it started off with the children, as it usually does in good horror movies. The kids were at school, and they were getting hit with this very simple message. Wear your seatbelt. Always wear your seatbelt. Good kids wear the seatbelt. Jesus would wear a seatbelt. Suddenly, when you got into a car, if you didn't put your seatbelt on, the kid in the back would scream like some Hitler youth telling on their parents, like, shit, okay, I'll put on my damn seatbelt. They'd freak out that you would possibly violate this one order of law that they remember from school. 
Of course, now we don't even need the kids in the back of the car because our car will scream at us if we don't put our seatbelt on. The moralizing worked. It's actually now uh, over 90% of people wear seatbelts in their cars. Does it curb fatalities? Probably. Logically, it seemed to be the case that if you were strapped into your seat, it would help. You wouldn't launch through your window. But how much does it help? Uh, as I said, the early study suggested some kind of 8.5% drop in seat fatalities, front seat fatalities in the states that had the law. The problem is that most places you would go to to find these kind of statistics, for example, state and federal transportation departments, have an interest in promoting seatbelt use. So it's hard to get really good statistics on what's the probability that you will uh, survive a crash given you have a seatbelt on. They have a whole bunch of other statistics they'll put out. If you go and look up, they'll have statistics like the number of unbelted deaths have dropped as the percentage of seatbelt use has increased. Well, no shit. Obviously, if way more people are wearing seatbelts, the number of people dying without seatbelts is dropping. The question is, is the number of people who are dying with seatbelts on also dropping? And the answer is yes. And in fact, overall fatalities... If you look at overall fatalities from car crashes uh, by miles that people drive, that's been dropping steadily for decades. And in fact, around the time when seatbelt laws were put in and when there was this massive increase in the percentage of people wearing seatbelts, there's no obvious downturn in the number of fatalities because of it. It's just that cars have been getting uh, more safe and our ability to deal with uh, major accidents in the hospital have, has gotten better. And so you see this immense drop in fatalities. Now, one of the statistics that they put out uh, that might be appealing to people is that the number of fatalities has a pretty high percentage of the number of fatalities in car crashes come from people who are unbelted. That is, people who don't wear seatbelts seem to be more likely to die in a car crash. But who the fuck are these people who now don't wear seatbelts? Now that it's a moral issue, only one in 10 people don't wear a seatbelt. Chances are those people don't have a lot of respect for a lot of our driving rules and probably engage in a lot of behavior that we would see as dangerous. In particular, they probably speed. So speaking of which, the reason by the way, that the federal government was pushing through seatbelt laws was in order to offset what they were just about to do, which is to get rid of the national maximum speed law. So if you were around in the early 80s, you might also remember that 55 was as fast as you could go in a car. Sammy Hagar did the song, I Can't Drive 55, which hasn't aged well since if you're driving 55, you're a grandma. But the reason they did this was mainly they wanted to allow truckers to drive faster so that we could get our shit faster. So the first change came around in 1987 when they passed it so it allowed 65 miles per hour on some roads. And then they totally repealed the law in 95. That was at the point where everyone had these seatbelt laws. Now, at the time they put in a faster speed, speed limit for states, they allowed states to control it. Congress knew that if you speed more, if you people drive faster, you have more deaths. And in fact, one study that uh, an analyst that uh, presented to Congress suggested it would be 25 to 30 percent increase in fatalities if you repealed the law. 
Uh, better estimates are probably around 8.5%, there's that number again, for every five mile per hour increase in the speed limit. But who cares? We knew more people would die, but as long as I get my shit faster. So increase the speed limit knowing, knowing that you would have thousands more deaths in the United States. And obviously every year there would be, there would be more deaths because you're allowing people to speed faster. So, if people drove slower, would we have fewer fatalities? Probably. Logically, that makes sense. Makes just as much sense as the fact, idea that a seatbelt might help somebody. The difference is there's no moral outrage when someone is driving over the speed limit. In fact, if you're in a car with somebody, if your friend is driving a car and they're driving a few miles under the speed limit, you might think to yourself, I need a better set of friends. That we have an issue with. So when you're actually driving below the speed limit. But driving above it? No problem. There's, where's the difference between the moral outrage if someone doesn't wear their seatbelt versus someone speeding? Doesn't come from the science. It's not due to the science at all. I don't know that Jesus would have wore a seatbelt but also would have sped. I'm sure that there that you can see here the transition between this discussion and the current debate on mask wearing. So the point is, is this moralizing about mask wearing and someone who's not wearing a mask is some kind of evil person is not a new phenomenon, but that doesn't make it sensible. Note that in the case of the seatbelt wearing versus speeding, seatbelt wearing is to protect you. Not, speeding or driving slowly protects both you and other drivers. And yet we moralize about the first one and not the second. So it's not a case of what you're doing is protecting both you and somebody else. In the next podcast, I'll give you another example of the hypocrisy concerning morality of our health and safety behaviors. And there we may answer, would Jesus wear a mask? Pass the tequila. Out!